This is the Moms Are Not Alright podcast. I am a mom just talking into her phone in her room. I have no credentials. I am not a parenting expert. I do not have a parenting book on the New York Times bestsellers list or like an interesting child psychology degree. I just feel like there are so many false representations of parenthood presented to us all day, every day, whether on TV or scrolling on social media. Or I guess the word isn't really false because the things we see, the smiles, the laughs, the family pictures, the cute videos, like whatever it is, those are real and those are definitely experienced and those emotions are definitely felt but it's just like one part of the picture you know it's not the whole picture so what I'm trying to do with this podcast is sort of fill out the whole picture I recently was expressing a frustration and was told that I'm complaining by someone um, like in real life not a listener and when they said this the word complaining really stuck out to me because I feel like saying anything bad about parenting or in other areas too I mean really anything at all is looked at so negatively like if I mention the bad parts of things I must mean there's no good parts and that's also how I feel parenting can be like advertised or sold on the opposite side of the spectrum like if we don't hear people complain about it then it might create this idea that there isn't anything to be frustrated or tired or drained from I remember thinking like when I was pregnant and I was like oh my gosh like I don't know if I can do this I remember thinking like everyone does it like this is a thing everyone does it must be fine and then when I really got into it it felt like I don't know I was so like misled I also didn't like the word complaining because expressing that I'm feeling like I am busy and struggling to keep up with the demands of life and kids at the end of the school year like it should be kept quiet like I should accept this which I do accept it and also in addition to accepting it like all of a sudden not feel like it's overwhelming like pretend it's not like not say it is which I don't do (laughs) It's so like women and children should be seen, not heard vibes for me when it was said. Like when I heard the word complaining, my brain literally thought the word like, ew. And sometimes I'm like, am I too complainy? Like are other people out here just like loving every second of this? Like, other people can look so cool, calm, and collected. Everyone talks so cool, calm, and collected. And sometimes I might even come off cool, calm, and collected. But my insides are feeling 
not so cool common collected. So I like to talk about it here and I like to pretend that you, listener, are like entering my brain to all my thoughts. <laughs> like these thoughts are a part of my life, not my whole life. It's like a part of the picture. But I want to highlight this part of the picture more because I feel a lack of it, like in my real life, like in general. Like I sometimes don't look at social media because it feels so curated and happy and I get like Stepford Wives vibes. I don't know. It's like a weird thing to feel. So if my content ever feels a little too draggy for you, please skip it. It is a bit draggy, (laughs) but it's intentional and it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's my cup of tea. I fucking love when people complain about stuff to me. I'm like, yes, I am home. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. This week, as I wrap up school and baseball and all the things that entails, I am noticing that even though both my kids have similar lifestyles, like we live in the same house, we have the same bedtime routine, they go to school, they are in the same sport, Like, there's one big difference that I'm feeling so much more now than I ever have, and that is their age gap. (laughs) I'm really starting to feel like I have two different worlds going on in the house, and I haven't really felt that as much before. So I wanted to talk about age gaps. My first, like, run at raising a teenager, what I'm noticing... And maybe it can help you prepare or just maybe not be surprised when the time comes. Or maybe it can help you appreciate the things your young one does now a little more. Or maybe if you are in between that like childhood and teenhood, I think you can still take away things from this because I feel like if you have a 10-year-old, you might even be able to relate. So first I'll talk about our age gap. Um... I thought when I had kids, so mine are eight years apart, I thought they wouldn't really interact. And I don't know why I had that in my head. Like, I thought they would kind of live their own separate lives with separate interests and sort of be bored of each other. I didn't think there would be any common ground. So then I didn't think there would be any fighting because they wouldn't be playing with toys together or wanting the same stuff. But here to say I was so off base on that. (laughs) That is not the way it played out at all. They definitely both have some sort of sibling rivalry. And they definitely have some like jealousy issues. Like if I hug one, the other one definitely wants a hug too. And they definitely fight. And one thing that is probably the most surprising to me is that they're like interacting all day long and like they will fight over the TV in the living room even though I got my oldest a TV in his room last year to sort of put that fight to bed like they will sometimes physically fight a bit too my youngest will hit my oldest and my oldest in moments of frustration might push my youngest even though he does such a good job keeping his cool with him. He's the most patient, like, loving brother for a teenage boy that 
I've ever like known but sometimes the fighting and the like bickering it can go on for like days like days on end they just cannot get along and they cannot get on the same page and I'll ask other parents like do your kids fight do your kids get along and everyone makes it sound like not really and I'm like oh my god like what am I doing so wrong like do my kids just hate each other like are they gonna grow up and and hate each other but then I see like glimmers of hope sometimes that will like reel me back in they'll like play fight and laugh and my oldest sometimes will ask me to read my youngest like a bedtime story totally like unprompted unprovoked they play tag and hide and seek a lot and go on the trampoline together um although sometimes I do have to like force my oldest to go on with my younger one and the glimmer of hope that gives me the most like makes me the most optimistic and like gives me the most peace is that uh or like it gives me a feeling things might be okay is when like I'm reprimanding one of them or like punishing one of them I'm like oh you know you're doing this that's fresh we gotta go on time out and I'll like walk them walk with them to their room and like if it's either one of them for whatever reason like if I just even like give them an attitude a little bit or you know go on time out whatever it is they each turn into like each other's biggest advocates like in an instant it becomes me versus them and I remember being this way with my siblings too like they're like oh come on give him a break he didn't mean it or they'll like hurt each other and I'll they'll see that I'm mad and I'll be like oh it's fine it's fine we're not hurt we're not you know kind of backtrack but my oldest leaves a couple weekends a month and my youngest will say he misses him or asks when he'll be back my oldest doesn't really appear to miss my youngest most of the time, but he'll get in the car and he'll ask the youngest one if he missed him, so maybe he does. I saw a family member this weekend and she has the same age gap with her younger brother, and I asked if they got along and she said they didn't really when they were younger, but they get along and they're really close so much now, and it gave me a little bit of relief to hear that. <laughs> Families are so complex. I read a quote, uh, maybe it was from Instagram, and it was like, I'm not paraphrasing this correctly, I'm sure, but it was sort of like, your parents are there for your first part of your life. They typically are no longer earthside for the la like latest parts of your life. And partners come in at a later point. They don't really experience your childhood with you, but your siblings are the only ones that are really there for the whole ride. Like friends and partners come and go, but your siblings, they're like there for life, like your whole life. Now, obviously that's not the case for everyone. It's just a general statement. But in my experience, even if you cut off like a main family member, they don't really go away. You may still see them at a holiday or family may still talk about them. You might still see them at a funeral, like, they're still in the background, unfortunately. So I'm really focusing my efforts and I'm gonna really try to like, that's gonna be my main thing, theme of this summer, just putting a lot of attention on this particular relationship. 
because I feel like, I don't know, it can go either so good or so bad. And thinking about myself and my own siblings, like my parents didn't really like nurture the sibling relationships. We were alone a lot over the summer because my parents had to work. So we had to just kind of like figure it out amongst ourselves as like young, not developed brained people. And we did not do a great job of that. We would literally like beat the shit out of each other sometimes. Like my sister wouldn't go in the same room as my brother for like all of middle school. My parents just like didn't have the bandwidth to sit and mediate all our arguments. So no one, but we just like didn't learn or like figure it out or like put a lot of importance on those like relationships or if my parents were there, we would be, like, sent on timeout, like, alone, and we would come back out later. And I don't even think we had to say sorry or, like, close the gap of the fight. Like, I don't remember ever doing anything like that. Like, you just walked out of your room and walked around the house not talking to anyone or no one talking to you. And it was awkward. And then someone would have to break the ice and say the first thing, like... I don't know, I would say something and then that would be the over, like that now it's over with because we like just talked and now it's done. (laughs) So taking lessons from my own childhood and applying them to my kids and hopefully they turn out to be friends. But I mean, I guess we'll find out in like 15 years. So my teen is starting to be a little more teenly now I'm still in the very new stage of it like I don't have to deal with driving and drinking and I'm not even like really in the like depths of it yet this is just like my toes are dipped at this point but uh, we do have a little bit of an attitude or defiance but not too much I feel grateful about that but here are the big differences I notice and feel now that I didn't even really notice or feel this even at like Christmas time. So number one is he's starting to care what other people think. There is like a new insecurity that was never really present before. And there's more of an effort to blend in that I'm not used to really seeing. He has, like, acne starting, which his dad had, too, so I kind of anticipated. So we have all the acne creams, and I'm pushing hygiene more now, like, skipping showers or tubbies for my youngest. Like, that used to be something you could do, but now, no way. Like, it's way too noticeable now. So he has to take a shower every single day, wash his face twice a day, and... He's getting really particular about his hair and clothes and brands and even like labeling people like jock or emo or whatever it is, you know, he's not wearing his little like funny, quirky gaming shirts or shirts with funny quotes and or like his themed shirt for holidays like that doesn't happen anymore. You know, you wear those to school, you'll become an, a target and be made fun of. So Those are off the list, which used to be like his favorite kind of clothes. Another thing that I'm learning 
and I've been learning all year and I kind of had a feeling about but it's not really until this year that I like it became real but kids are so mean but even though they're so mean they still need grace like all of them like they are inconsiderate they are very wrapped up in themselves and their own world they do not understand the gravity of their words and actions sometimes I think as they get more freedom they start to act a little more based on like their primal like instinctual feelings and thoughts that are a little more like impulsive and they don't have too much empathy and sometimes they can't see other points of view their egos there it's like they're they can only see things from their way or like as if everything's an attack on them even though they might really not have been even a thought about something and at this point there are not always adults to correct or coach them through it like when you're younger and like for instance if I go on a play date with my younger son it's like me and their other parent are there and you know you we can't really leave them alone and um they we like coach them through things if there's an issue we're like oh you gotta say sorry what happened you know and sometimes now it's like they don't have that anymore they're just like left to their own devices to make their own judgments so sometimes the things they do and say to each other or like things they say to themselves is really not great and something that has been hard to wrap my head around is this is like developmentally on par like this is what they're supposed to be doing like this is normal their bodies are doing things that we cannot see their brains are not formed and they do not think rationally but then sometimes they do which might make you think that's how they should be all the time or that how they will be all the time it's just not the case i read something on instagram from a teen like parenting account that it was kind of like trying to have words of encouragement for when your teenagers being a little uh abrasive and it said like when they are being fresh or irritated or annoyed by you I'm like so paraphrasing this because I can't really remember even like what the actual quote was or the account but when they're being a little fresh like that is not their whole self and that is not a deterring factor to who they will end up being like that is just a little part of it not their whole self even if it seems like that sometimes like they still have things that make them happy their favorite foods things that comfort them and when all the noise of social pressure and hormones and school and sports and changing physically and mentally and constantly and the worry of everyone else goes away like when the fog of teenhood and puberty and learning to move through the world get a little more clear, they will return to a baseline of themselves. They will come back to those things, like they come back home. I feel like I felt that fog a lot when I was younger, or at least I feel it now, probably 
because I'm not there anymore. Like, I look back at things I did and said and acted as a teen, or even, like, in my first half of my 20s, and it's so cringy. I can't even believe I acted in those ways, but I can only think that and feel that because I am out of the fog, you know? I can only see it now that I'm not in it. And I used to correct all the shitty behaviors and things my teen said, but then it got to a point where I was just constantly correcting him. He would be on the phone and then there was me poking my head in his room being like coaching him through how to like talk and I was just on his ass all the time and I made the realization like I need to stop like he has to be shitty he has to be rude he has to go through this process and learn how to interact and be in the world without me like standing behind him whispering what to say and like what how to act and what to do like I need some natural consequences to occur even though it's so hard for me to just like stand on the side and like I'll be in my room and he's in his room and I'll be working on my computer and I'm like listening to him talk just like oh like I just want to run in there and like say why don't you ask your friend how their day was they asked you but oh but I don't know and I'm also like he'll be so rude to me he'll say rude things or just like I don't know. And I've learned to just kind of like let it go at this point. (laughs) There's like another quote that stuck out to me. And I could be saying this wrong too, but it's like teenagers learn to make decisions by making decisions, not by being directed, you know. So my teen was in a scenario recently where someone said something super fucked up to him at school And my teen, like, hit the kid with his umbrella. And the bigger kid who was kind of picking on him broke the umbrella because he got hit. This was very upsetting to my son. And I picked him up from school. Uh, He usually takes the bus, but he called and was like, oh, can you pick me up? I'm, like, really upset about this. So we talked about it on the ride home, and I mentioned, like, this is a real life scenario of like a case of like hitting an escalation not making things better like would he be this upset right now if his umbrella um or like would his umbrella be broken if he had just ignored that person like I don't need to explain any of this anymore like I don't need to say hitting is bad and don't react to these people it's just gonna make it worse like life is explaining it all now and things like this make me have grace with other kids too who are not mine like also not doing great things like was that kid in a fight or flight mode are they desperate for a laugh and approval even if it's at someone else's expense like Are they doing something to fit in? Because they also want friends. Do they even know, understand what they're doing? Like, if my teen can do something not great, and he is typically, like, the sweetest, happiest, smartest little guy, like, any of them can. Like, it's no different. So I've let go completely of the, like, whole not my child mindset. Like, my child wouldn't do that. I'm raising my child to be this way. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. Like, 
they all act so weird and out of character at some point and they're learning how to just like be themselves and you can't really control them so I'm just hoping he can figure it out and not for nothing like I'm still figuring this all out too like I have people in my life who are a little bit of bullies and typically I just keep it short and one word them I described this in another episode I like gray rock them this particular time recently I didn't do that and again it spiraled like it usually does when I engage back and it's like how many times do I need to prove to myself this is the way it's going to go it I won't be heard or even attempted to be understood at best it's just best to not engage and I'm trying to teach my son that too and we're both just like learning and going through life and figuring out how to interact with difficult people like as 13 and 34 year olds you know it's all hard I just think everyone needs to be a little nicer in general but more specifically nicer to teens even if they don't seem like they deserve it you know they're learning like life is hard life is hard as an adult with 30 something years experience like they've been here half as long we gotta cut them some slack you know Another thing that is new, newer, that I've kind of been feeling the past year or so, but it's like getting really, um, it's really a, starting to be a thing now, is that teens are harder to please. Like my youngest and I can go for a walk around the block and he is like having the best time ever. We pick up acorns, he smells the flowers, he's running away from the bees, he's dropping pebbles down the sewer holes. Like, it's an, a whole event, like just this walk around the neighborhood. I can bring my youngest to the park or the library for free, like whenever. But for my teen, not so much. He isn't impressed by all that stuff anymore. Sometimes he'll get out and play with his brother, but sometimes he'll ask to sit in the car He's bored and annoyed by everything that is, like, not playing on his Switch or Oculus. <laughs> I will drop, like, $100 to do something together that's, like, unique and fun and for older kids. And we will walk out after doing this fun experience and he will complain that, like, I also didn't get a McDonald's in addition to the activity or... He'll get in the car and go right back to the video game. And I'm like, so you had fun? And he's like, yeah. But no real reaction or like seeming of actually thinking it was enjoyable. So sometimes I'm driving home like, why do I even spend this money or make this time for it to not even be appreciated? But I think in time, it might be, even if it's not right now or these specific events you know, he might forget about the events, but just I'm hoping he remembers I made an effort and spent time with him doing things with him um, eventually. <laughs> like right now, he doesn't have the mental capacity to be grateful or appreciative. Like, I don't think, I mean, I guess to some degree they do feel that, but like, it's not like when you're an adult. Like, he doesn't know how much effort and money goes into things. 
but I'm hoping he will one day when he like goes to work and can understand free time and how money works a little more. His idea of fun and my idea of fun right now could not be further from each other, but I try to meet him where he's at. My husband is always getting him video games and they play together sometimes. They just got the Zelda one recently. Like some of the activities we've done together is um, the smash rooms where you like smash bottles and TVs and stuff. We did like a paint splatter room. We went to treetop adventures, like the tree obstacle courses, just like active things to build confidence and get moving and out of the house, let off steam or be creative. I kind of want to do axe throwing one night soon too. I just haven't gotten around to planning it yet. Maybe in a week or so when I have more brain space, I can do that. But then another thing that I'm learning that is a newer realization I made is that they not, well, let me figure out how I want to say this. Like they need connection, even if they really don't ask for it anymore. They need like a home base to come back to and connect to almost like they're recharging the batteries. (laughs) And so what made me like kind of think about this and like get my gears turning was I gave my oldest a hug the other day and I had the thought like when did I last hug him like I couldn't remember which means I must not be doing it too often and he isn't a little kid climbing into my bed anymore and when he gets hurt he doesn't need me to kiss his scraped knees anymore like they stop seeking it out and I'm just kind of like now realizing that and if you don't actively give it or attempt it it just goes away and sometimes he might seem annoyed by hugs sometimes he like rolls his eyes or like gives me a pat on the back and runs off but other times he like holds on really tight or other times we're on the couch and he leans over on me or he puts his feet over me like giving him hugs and affection it it does feel a little weird now like I shouldn't say weird it's just different than how I've known him the past I don't know 10 years he's bigger than me it's like I'm the one being embraced by a parent now when we hug his hands are huge and he's taller than me so when we hug it's like our ears aren't even in the same spot anymore uh I typically go in his room and talk before he like goes to bed we like have like a 10 minute chat bedtime chat but now I'm trying to add in a 10 second hug like make it a point to give him a hug which is something I've done for a lot of his life anyway like this 10 second hug because I read at some point in my life uh, like a while ago that's how long you have to hug to release oxytocin So even though he doesn't really ask or initiate hugs, I imagine, and I could be off base, but I just imagine it being a little sad to move through life with like no affection or touch. Like I want him to still have that feeling of like when you're a kid and like you're home and everything's all good because you're like wrapped up in mom's hugs. 
I feel like we need that moment, like even as adults, like when the outside world gets a little unstable, a little emotional, a little stressful, like I want him to have that moment of like calm, like I'm home, I'm with mom, it's all good. Because I get that from my husband. If I have a stressful day, like if the kids go to bed, I'll like go sit on the couch and hug my husband. Like I get that affection. And my youngest gets it from me and my husband all the time. And then my teen just like doesn't get it typically because he doesn't really seek it out. I don't know. And maybe I'm way overthinking this. Maybe he does not need it at all and it's I should just leave him alone. So take whatever I'm saying with a grain of salt. So recently I forced my son to go for a walk with me. Uh, it was one day they didn't have school. I forget why. Um, but he was in his room for like five hours on his video games. And I was like, wow, we need to get some sun and movement and... I go for a daily walk, like, just to get up from work. And so I told him he has to come with me. And the walk started off so horrible. He was complaining and sighing loudly for, like, the whole, like, the first five minutes. And I I was getting frustrated. I almost turned around. I almost cut it and just, like, gave up. But as we kept walking, he kind of got over it. And by the time... We, like, went to the, uh, like, walked around the block. We went to the store and back. I was like, wow, that was actually so enjoyable. He was talking a lot. I learned a lot about him. He was asking about my life, too, which is rare. It's usually, like, a very one-sided conversation. But we were. I felt like it was, like, a really, like, connecting experience. Like, I feel like everyone needs that person that really sees and understands them. And I think that walk kind of accomplished that. So I kind of want to see if he'll do another walk with me now talking about this <laughs> now that he'll be home for the summer. If I tell him I'll buy him an ice cream or a prime drink at the corner store, he'll probably be more inclined to join me. <laughs> Something I find myself doing is when my teen does something not great I think back to when I did something similar or worse and I try to remember what I thought and felt back then I feel like sometimes I really still do relate and I mean it was 20 years ago at this point but I feel like I can still remember things or like thoughts I had or the ways I like wrapped my head around things I had like awful feelings and thoughts all the time and now I just don't think that way anymore as an adult well most of the time and I'm sure that will be the same for him as well I try to remind myself that well I hope anyway you know that's the thing about parenting it's like I hope what I'm doing today turns out as I planned or imagined in 20 years from now you know, by the time we get there, if it doesn't pan out that way, you can't really change it. So I really try to just give them lots of love and attention right now because I feel like you can't go wrong with that. But again, I don't have a New York 
best selling a book on a list. So take whatever I'm saying for what it's worth. <laughs> I don't know. I hope this got your gears turning. I hope you can think about how you felt when you were younger in certain situations. Let some rude comments slide this week. Hug your older kids, even if they don't want to. Even if they don't ask for it, maybe you bring it up first. Like, remind them you are there waiting when they do want a hug if they really don't want one. Maybe try to go on a walk with your kid. Um, but yeah, and then maybe like you could take your younger ones for a walk and don't put a time limit on it. That's something new I've been doing lately. Like I'm not trying to cram these walks in anymore. It's like, let's do it when I have no more work, when we have nothing to do. And like, let's take our time and enjoy this walk now while he's still little and the simple things can still just like light him up. And I get so inspired by that. And I, you know, it, it's like that part of us fades and I just try to keep it as long as I can. But if you encounter a teen doing a shitty job, you know, they're working at Subway and not making your sandwich right or they're taking a long time bagging your groceries, like it's probably their first job ever. Please be nice to them. Have some patience. They're moving through the world with developing emotions and brains like, we have to show them how to act. And when we act like they're incompetent and, you know, we're mean to them, that's kind of how they, they start, to, I think, to feel that way about themselves. So everyone be nice to teenagers. Give them a little grace. I hope everyone has a good week. Next week, I want to talk about things we do that are not that good. And, like, does that mean we're not good people? Like, the version of us to different people is looks different. Like, we play different roles. And, like, how a snippet in time can make someone's, like, entire idea and outlook of us, even if it's just, like, a little blip. I don't know. It's something I've been thinking a lot about this week. And, like, in writing this episode, I was thinking about it, too. So I hope you tune in next week. Um, I hope you have a good week. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you later. Bye.